Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Happy Hour uh, with Jamie Ivey. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, It's the middle of April. Uh, It's one of my dog's birthdays today. Isn't that funny that I have that on my calendar? But yes, it is. Uh, But I'm glad you're listening today. We have a great show for you today. I sit down and chat with Rebecca St. James, who has been doing music and ministry and all kinds of things since she was like 16 years old and her and I are the same age. So it's, she's just a wealth of information. It was fun chatting with her. She also has a podcast. Uh, you like podcasts. You're here. You're listening. Check hers out. It's called Rebecca St. James Friends and Family, and she's in the middle of season three right now. She also just released a new album called Kingdom Come, and the title track on that song, Kingdom Come, she also uh, wrote and sings with her brothers, who are the duo uh, for King and Country. And so literally, I've got all the small bones because her sister-in-law, Mariah, was on the podcast last November. Listen, in like two weeks, her brother Joel is on the podcast. And so this is really getting fun getting to know this family. Just yesterday, her mom released a book behind the lights, the extraordinary adventure of a mom and her family. And so the small bones are just doing great things. It's fun to chat with her. Towards the end of this conversation, we have a chat about walking through a dry season, kind of this winter season. And and if that's you right now, Rebecca's got some great encouragement for you. So stick around to the end. You guys, if you're loving the happy hour, which I hope that you are, One of the biggest gifts that you could give us is that you could subscribe to the show. That way, you're never going to miss an interview. That way, we see the people are listening. And you know, when shows are coming up, you're going to get a notification on your phone. So wherever you're listening right now, just look us up, The Happy Hour Jamie Ivey, and then hit the subscribe button and you'll be with us every single week and you will not miss an episode. In fact, you don't want to miss Friday's episode. It's a Good Friday, actually. And my friend Joel Metamali is going to be here with me and we're going to chat all about Good Friday and what that means for us as believers and what that day was like. And so you're going to want to come back here on Friday. All right, y'all, here's my conversation with Rebecca. Rebecca, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for having me. This is a joy to have you on. And I feel like I should just, you know, let you know that we're now just going to go through the small bones because (laughs) um, Mariah was on in the fall back in November. And let's see. Okay, so this is April 13th that this show is coming out. And in like two weeks, uh, your brother Joel's on the show. Isn't that just hilarious? I love it. I love it. It's so fun. well, if anyone doesn't know who you are, um, welcome to the world. Uh, but you've been in ministry full time, music, books, movies, everything you can count out, count on for decades. Mm-hmm. And so um, introduce yourself to our people. And then I want to jump into your newest project that you're working on because I'm so excited about it. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, it has been decades. And it's funny how I don't know if anybody else feels like this, but I, I feel like I just kind of got stuck at the age of like maybe about 28 and I just feel like I've lived there um for a minute now but do you like uh, being stuck at the age 28 um yeah I mean in my head I'm that you know what I mean like my life my life shows that I'm not at you know 28 but Uh I just I just feel like I still feel that you know like that just kind of the energy and the like go after it with two hands and everything I do but but anyway yes I think that's really good Thank you. I mean, do you feel that in some ways too? Like, well, we were talking. Just my husband and I were talking to someone the other day, saying that we feel so much younger. We're, I'm almost yes. 44, yeah, and so I, I think we're the too. same age. 77. <clears throat> yeah. So, 
Yep, 78. Wow. Okay, I love So it. we're the same age. Yeah. And so there is this sense of we've been doing ministry, I mean, since we were married, so 20 years. Yeah. And um, we have four kids. They're all teenagers. Yeah. So that, that reminds me that I'm okay. not young anymore okay. as the children. Okay. Uh, but so many times I do. I, yes. I just feel like, I don't know how you and your husband feel, but I feel like we're going to be doing this forever. Like I just right. like the goal of my life is just chase Jesus till I die. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And we can do that at 44. Yeah, absolutely. But I also mm. just feel like, you know, people have just been speaking this into my life lately. Just there's a wisdom that comes with kind of like decades of ministry, or it's like the long obedience in the same direction right. and, a, and a depth that comes that, is special and you kind of con- contribute something and people have just been speaking that into my life in this season lately. And I don't know, I, it resonates with me that there's, there's something that I have to offer in this time in my life that I didn't have when I started out at 16, that I didn't have in my early twenties or even late twenties. And, you know, now being married for 11 years this month um, and, you know, having three kids, they're eight, three and one. Um, yeah, there's a life experience that I feel like I can draw from that I didn't have earlier in my life. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to go into my story. You covered no, I love kind that. of a lot of a lot of the different components with your kind of introduction. But yeah, well, I love that, and it kind of makes me think. Even you know, you said you alluded that you started ministry when you were 16, and and you were touring, and um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that with your family and stuff. But you know, that's a long time to be serving yeah. Jesus, and. Yeah. There is this kind of idea if we're listening, if there's some 20 year olds listening and there are 20 year olds listening to this, that doing ministry for 20 years can feel a little scary. For some, it feels like this is exciting. I can't wait. And for others, I think it can feel daunting because let's be honest, ministry and following Jesus is hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so for you personally, following Jesus faithfully for all these years, um, what's kept you in the game? Like what keeps you still wanting to sing about him? What keeps mm. you still wanting to follow him? What is it that's tethering you to him through all these years? Well, so I had like, yeah, nearly 20 years of music ministry, primarily music, but like you said, I had books and films and, you know, other things that I was doing as well. I'm podcasting now too, you know, uh, but I was out of active ministry for probably four or five years. Once I got married, in my early thirties, um, kind of retired from music for a while. And I was pretty tired at that point after nearly 20 years of music, um, starting so young. But I think honestly, Jamie, I think what happened was when God called me back to music, um, after that kind of um, that four or five years of not doing any of it, I had this moment in worship, you know, it was actually an event in Alaska, a very pivotal moment. And I remember just this sense of like a sweet spot or a sense of joy in serving Jesus, mm. um, a connection with him. It was one of those moments where there's not a dry eye in the room, including me. I'm weeping on stage. It was just the Holy Spirit was so thick on that place in that moment. And I remembered I miss the connection that I have with Jesus when I sing. I miss this dependence that I have on him when I speak about him. Um, I'm, I miss the intimacy of that. And, and so the, in coming back to music, I mean, and that was kind of the moment where he called me back and I walked off stage and I was like, God's just done such a new work in my heart. Some of my burnout, some of my kind of pain from, from burnout is just fallen away. And he's just done this new work. 
said it to my brother Joel because we were doing an event together, you know, my brother from the King Country. And so um, I, I think it was that sense of renewal, that sense of God's doing mm. something new in this season in my life. I want to be faithful to that, but I also am stoked to re-experience that intimacy and that sweet spot feeling of being in ministry and being where he exactly where he wants me to do to be in this season in my life yeah Mm. I think that's beautiful. And that's not something that just happens to, you know, someone on a stage. Like, I, I think that that's like, yes. we see that all throughout scripture of yes. God drawing his people to him and renewing things in them. And I think it's beautiful. And so I think I'd like to just follow up and hear from you, like, what's your expectant for this next season of mm. ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, I think it's an encouragement to people listening that 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 season off from this ministry of music from you creating music and traveling and singing and doing those things like god was doing a new thing in you yes. uh, in the midst of that and you might yes. not have even realized it yes so what's your expectant for this next season of music i'm i'm just expecting to see him show up and, I, and i'm mm. i'm seeing it in my life right now like we just released this new album and we had this worship event kind of the day of the release and i mean it was here in Nashville, just this sense of like God moving in the room, God speaking, you know, through the things that were talked about that night, like through the worship, you know, through just people going there with Jesus in worship. But but also in that, like, in, in that sharing of story of what God has done in our life, like it's hit me recently, the verse in Revelation that says we overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's the main thing. Jesus did it. He did the work. Um, and we overcome by the word of our testimony as well. And I think mm-hmm. us sharing stories of what Jesus has done is so powerful of when he has done um, a, a, a renewing work or a life-changing work. When we share that in the body of Christ, we overcome through that because we encourage each other. And so mm-hmm. I think that this album, what I'm sharing live, my testimony, um, all these different seasons that he's brought me through of really hard stuff, really challenging stuff, miscarriage and my husband going through, you know, work challenges and I mean, burnout and like, you know, just some really hard like curveballs that I didn't see coming in my life. But he's brought me through that. And I have this story to share uh, that can, I think, encourage the body of Christ to overcome. So it's not just the music, it's mm-hmm. my testimony. And, you know, you also asked a second ago about how, how I've kind of stuck in there or hung in there or want to continue to be a ministry community, Jamie, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's such a huge part of my life, like family doing this thing with me, whether it was my family of origin or, you know, now our little family doing it together on the road. Um, Our church body surrounding me, like, like friends that have been in it with me, wept with me in in moments where I've needed that have, have laughed with me in, in, in the highs, Mm -hmm. like, just being in it together and calling and just saying, hey, can you just pray for me for this specifically right now? Like community has been such a big part of it. And just the grace of God. He's just been good to me. Mm. He really has. I love that so much. You know, you wrote um, this new album, which is great. I've listened to it. It's beautiful. Thank, Thank you for you. this work. Thank you. Um, I'm married to a singer songwriter. And so I, I know from just this like behind the scenes type feeling. I mean, I love it when Aaron comes home and he's like, I want to play the song I have for you and like mm. half of it doesn't even have words in it and half of it's him mumbling but it's this idea and this kind of journey to get to something beautiful and um 
I was watching the video that you and both your brothers from, uh, are in the video with you. And I think you guys co-wrote this song. King we did. Am I right about that? Yes. Yeah, so you guys co-wrote this. And it opens up with this beautiful quote that I literally pushed 30 second rewind on like five times to let it sink in. And it's from an evangelist, Rodney Smith. And the quote from him is, draw a circle around yourself and pray. Oh, Lord, revive everything in this circle. And it, I just gave myself chills again Me too. because too. <laughs> it is it is just this idea that will stick with me for a while. I mean, I'm mm. going to be meditating on that all day for yeah. sure. But I'd love to hear the process of this song coming together. That quote at the beginning, what were you guys wanting to portray in the song? Because it's beautiful and it really speaks to this generation right now. Thank you. Well, yeah, we, we wrote that song uh, beginning of last year, actually. And you know, we kind of, my brothers are super, super busy. My life is also super busy. So to songwrite together, you have to be quite intentional about it. And so right. we knew this, you know, this moment in time was coming up and I was so thrilled that they were carving out the time to, to do it. And so getting us in the room, you know, that just that moment in time alone was super special. I'm very close to my family. I'm the oldest of seven. So the two of five brothers. Um, but anyway, we just had the sense of expectancy. We prayed. Um, we had some ideas on the front end, but the, I think the key points that we felt on the, in the spirit were to be a part of this song with this, this um, idea of revival, that we desperately mm. need revival um, mm. in the church, across the world, like people are hungry. There's, I think, hopelessness and um, isolation and, you know, pain and division. And I think we need an awakening that is true. Um, that comes from us individually seeking God in humility and, and, and wanting to be holy and wanting to live in an honoring way and then collectively coming together and seeking God in a powerful way in worship. So the, the themes were revival, worship. We want it to be all about him and, um, and, the, and the Lord's prayer. I mean, and, and the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many, so many components. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth. This is in heaven. Like what a prayer. Like, mm. Lord, do this thing in me that only you can do. And so I, it all collided on that day. We left. We knew we had something really special. And it's great now seeing it. It's, it's on radio. It's, it's out in the world. The single is, is um, you know, online, um, streaming everywhere. But it's just really lovely now to see fruit of that and to lead it, mm. you know, in worship and see people responding. So it's just been a really, really lovely journey. It's really beautiful. And um, as I was prepping for this interview last week, it's funny because um, your mom has a book that came out that came through my office. And so oh, congrats good. to you your mom here. Wow. Behind the lights. You are being inundated with small bones. <laughs> I am small bones girl coming at me from everywhere. Um, but I um, didn't realize till last week that, we, that I knew that you had a lot of siblings in your family. I didn't realize you were the oldest. And so also I didn't realize I was skimming through this book last week and I was like, Oh my gosh, when you went on tour here in America, when you first guys started, because you your family moved here, everyone in your family, like you've had like a five-year-old brother, like running lights for your concerts mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, you guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Maybe did not everything. Five, but a spotlight. <laughs> somebody was running a spotlight at six. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was running a spotlight at six. Yeah. And you've mentioned several times like how close you are with mm-hmm. your family. And it's beautiful. I have four kids myself. And I know you said you have three kids. And this is something that I desire for um, my kids as they grow up, for them to still be close and, and connected to each other. Um, when you look back on just how your parents raised you guys and the fact that you guys are so close, like all of us moms are like, what did your mom do? What did your dad do? Like what was something that kind of held your family together that you as a a 40 year old woman are still like, I want to hang out with my brothers and I want to write music with them because I think they're so super talented. What were some of those things that you look back on and now respect and love that your parents did? Well, I think they would even say just so much of it was what God did in our family's life that was just so radical and different like we moved to the u.s my dad lost his job a couple months after we moved there was six kids you know we went through a, like a living by faith time where we were you know praying about a car that we needed and food and money to survive and you know furniture in our house we were furnitureless for a while and so we saw god show up we saw miracles we saw you know truckloads of furniture dropped at our house and groceries and checks come in the mail randomly and a car given to us, you know, by people we just had just met. So miracles happen. And I think that Mm -hmm. bonded us in a family, uh, in a family way for life that was super special because we saw the power of God. Um, I also think we served him together. So we, for a while there, we were cleaning houses and raking lawns and, you know, mowing yards and babysitting and like kind of pulling together as a family to survive as a family and so honestly like I think sometimes we can feel so threatened by especially as parents by painful curveballs in life Mm. but I think that if there's a way to like buckle down together as a family and be honest with our kids that we're kind of you know I mean obviously to their ability to handle it we Mm -hmm. we don't want to dump Mm -hmm. on our kids but my parents invited us into the challenges of that time and said look kids we need to pray we need to ask God to show up for us in this time and provide for us and because they were humble enough to do that to invite Mm -hmm. us into the journey we saw miracles and we saw the power Mm -hmm. of God and we saw the power of prayer and so I'm thankful that that they did that and we didn't feel scared we were just like oh this is an adventure and now we see see God moving so I think I'm I'm intentionally being you know, real, especially with our oldest, who can kind of start to comprehend with her and just saying, hey, can you pray for mommy for, you know, this event that I have coming up that I'm a bit vulnerable about or a bit scared about? And she'll pray for me to be brave, Jamie. Like she, mm. she'll just like at, on her own, on her own, you know, now without me even asking her, she'll just say, hey, mommy's got this thing coming up. Can, can you just help her to be brave for that, Lord, and mm. give her the confidence that she needs? Like it's just, but just inviting them to journey with us with God. I think yeah. my parents did that really well. I think it's beautiful because um, I think sometimes as parents, I know that I would fall into this boat of being the kind of mom that would want to shield my kids yes. from things. Like, I, I don't want them to know do. about this heartache. I don't want them to know about yeah. this fear. I want them to see me as like strong and capable. Right. And don't worry, kids, mom and dad have everything under control. And um, I've seen that kind of backfire, not in a bad way, but I've just seen um, maybe some ways that Aaron and I have tried to kept, keep things from our kids has not allowed them to see the beauty when God comes through and does things. And so I think it's beautiful. And I think I even saw on your Instagram recently about your oldest daughter, like hurt her leg. And you were like coming into that, like 
prayer and like how's and letting her see miracles happen. I mean, that, so you're you're just repeating what was shown to you, which is beautiful. Thank you for highlighting that. Um, yeah, she broke her leg, her tibia, her shin bone all the way through skiing in, in January. It was terrible, terrible break, terrible curveball that we didn't see coming. And at one point she couldn't move out of bed for like a day and a half. She was just so scared, so fearful of the pain. And we prayed together with her and asked God to help her get out of bed and to move and conquer that fear. And within a half an hour, she was out. And, and no trauma, no hysteria, none of it. Um, and so, yes, we're, we're doing kind of what we, we're, we're attempting to do what I think I saw in my family of origin, which is go to God with our kids um, and, and expect him to move. Mm. It is allowing them into the beauty of what God does is mm-hmm. to enter into our stories. Yeah. You know? And so allowing yeah. them to see that because we all come, we come into our marriages, we come into our families, we come into our parenting with stories and yes. they, they, they determine who we are and they change so much. So we're allowing our kids to see that. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You know, speaking of stories, you just started, uh, well, by the time this is airing, you might be in the middle of season three of Rebecca St. James Friends and Family Podcast. And um, your podcast is doing just that. It's highlighting people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. what I love so much about talking to people is I think everyone has something beautiful to say. Everyone has something beautiful pr- to bring to the world. 100%. And so how have you seen on the other side of the microphone for you're the one asking the questions and the, yeah. you're the one interviewing. How have you seen people's stories really come in and intersect with yours and change the world? Thank you for asking about that. I, I really love doing this podcast thing and I probably wouldn't have seen that coming. Like it was something that I feel like God brought about really organically. And I don't know if you had asked me a few years ago, you know, <laughs> Rebecca, will you be a podcaster? I would have like, no, 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 there's, there's enough going on. Like I, I probably wouldn't have, but 
but it makes so much sense now of like just unique kind of um, ways that God has crafted my life. Like, for instance, I love, I'm a very curious person. Like, I feel like curiosity is like the sixth love language or something. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like when people, should be. <laughs> yeah, when, when people like ask me things about my life and it's perceptive and it's like, a, you know, kind of a deeper question, I feel really loved to do that. And I think a lot of people do. Like, when, when people are curious about us, and um, you know, really ask those very genuine questions. I think it's 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 there's love in that, and so I think that's what I'm attempting to to highlight is exactly what you said: the power of people's stories. We are overcome mm-hmm. by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Like we need mm-hmm. to share our stories in the body of Christ, and so um, we kind of cover everything in this podcast, from you know how to pass on your faith to trauma to um infertility to purpose to mission you know um mm-hmm. like just so many different components of of the life that we live i'm kind of intentionally you know inviting people onto the show that have a story to tell that needs mm-hmm. to be heard in the body and so um it's been really cool in this last season we've had um Sadie Robertson and Michael W Smith and um my brother's speaking country. I mean, just a lot of different leaders that I kind of like to highlight a different part of their story that maybe doesn't get talked about every single time, you know, yeah. like that they're not mm-hmm. like kind of traversing that particular part of, of their story every single day. But it's just been a really beautiful gift to me to be encouraged because I need it. I need encouragement in my mm-hmm. parenting. I need encouragement in my faith, in my marriage. Like, And so I'm like drawing out these nuggets and going, yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's, it's yeah. been a really bl- big blessing. I think podcasts are opening up this whole new world for people to have yeah. um, community. And I don't think podcasts are our community. I think we no. need people that we can hold their hands and yes. hug and sit across the table and cry with. Um, but I've often seen that podcasts can bring out conversation within your community. Like, yes. you're like oh my gosh, I yes. heard about this and I learned about this and let's talk about this. Um, you know, one of the things that is always special to me is to know that getting through this life as a follower of Jesus faithful to the end, you know, I I think I, I heard you quote the quote that says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like this yeah. is what we're here for to do this. And so to get to the end of our life doing that, I always say like God's word and his people, like that's what's going to keep me on this road yes. walking towards him, God's word Good. and his people. And so you've mentioned community a handful of times, but what has community meant for you in those seasons when life was hard or where you're like, I'm going to step back from music for a little bit, or I've got all these curveballs, or my husband has job issues, whatever it might be that you have mentioned. What does community meant for you in those moments? And how did they serve you and your family? Well, mm. oh my God has just given me, yeah, just really rich community. My husband too, just people that care about us and love us and mm. are willing to go through the highs and the lows and, and kind of not scared or thrown by that. And, yeah, we went through this time that we call our, our winter season. And actually, most of this album is written, you know, from that perspective of like trusting God in the middle of the fire and, you know, <laughs> setting our eyes on him and worshiping him mm. when we're going through stuff and that he brings a dawn and he brings a sunrise and a, and a you know, a, a new spring. But, but the winter season involved two miscarriages, infertility, my husband losing a job, 
you know, him plunged into like, what's my purpose and my mission now, mm-hmm. all of this kind of pain. And so we had our church family that was tracking with us through that time. I had a Bible study I was in. I had a cooking club w- that we would get together and just cook together and fellowship. And, w- and we were together. And I had long distance friends here in Nashville. because We were living in California at that time. Family. There's people, my mentor, like count, mm-hmm. a counselor that specialized in healing prayer as well, that I was just going to and going, okay, I feel beaten up. Like, can you just encourage me or pray with me right now? You know, those lifelines, you know, Mm. and I think sometimes we tend and I've done it in my life too, in different seasons to withdraw and isolate in our pain because we feel shame and we don't want to show people how weak we're feeling, but God heals us through each other Mm. in that time. Cause we go, Hey, I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all this heaviness, this sadness, and I feel ashamed about it. And that mm. believer comes around us and hugs us and says, Hey, it's okay. I've been mm. there or I'm with you in it. And I love you still. And shows us really the, the hug of God, you know, in that time and it's healing. And that, and that's how mm. it was for me. So I just encourage people that might be listening right now, if, if you're in that winter season that we were, and God brought us out into a radical new spring, like there's two children since then, like, I mean, restored my heart, just like mm-hmm. burnout fell away, called me back to music in a way that I never anticipated. Like he can do miracles and he can do it fast too. It doesn't have to be this big old, you know, years and years of um, recovery. He can do it fast, but mm-hmm. just trust him for your spring, reach out to people, be honest with people experience the hug and the the healing of God through that. Mm, Trust him for your spring. I love that. And I think it's important to also think about as you're building that community, like build them in the summer and the fall, because when the winter comes, you're going to need them. Oh my goodness. Build that community then. Yeah, because then the winter, when the winter comes, like you want to make sure you've had some kind of resources built up and we do the same way. I mean, we don't do it anymore, but hundreds of years ago, um, and plenty of people in the world still do this, but not as necessarily in America, we're building up for the winter, you know, we're storing up. Um, and good. waiting for that spring to come. I have it's a friend so who lives in the in the Northeast, and I'm here in Austin. And so spring is like kind of this like it, it, if you if you blink real fast, you missed it. Like it's just <laughs> not here. Uh, but she lives in the Northeast, and she told us the other day in this little group chat. She said, "I'm seeing signs of spring, and it just mm-hmm. felt so beautiful to her, mm-hmm. kind of hurting heart, even yeah. just to visually see the spring coming. And it is this reminder, like." Spring is coming. Spring is coming. And so we can we can do that. Um, I would be remiss if I did not ask you what is a cooking club? Because I was <laughs> very, very uh my 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 eye my ears were wondering because here's the problem. I don't like to cook, Rebecca, but I like to I like to eat and I like <laughs> to hang out. So so what happens in the cooking club? Well, I have to be honest, I am not sure I love cooking either. You know, I mean I, and, and it's probably my perfectionism that makes I, I have this ideal of, you know what it should be in my head you know of like it's just going to be this amazing protein that steak and it's going to be all these sides and it's just going to be perfection you know like restaurant quality and it's just never quite that you know so I just feel um yes so but anyway in that season of my life we're in California I read this amazing book by Shauna Nequist called uh, Bread and Wine it's one of my favorite books she's ever so good right it's It's so so, good so good and it painted this picture of again we're coming back to community um around the table breaking bread the vulnerability and the beauty of that 
I was just like, I want that. I want what she mm. talks about in that book. And um, and so me and a friend of mine that I'd known for a long time, we gathered a couple friends each, and there was five of us, and we just did it every couple of weeks, and it and we broke up the meal, and it was so fun. Like I learned, I learned so much about cooking in that time. Not that it's translated to my real life, but um, <laughs> maybe one day when it's like life is a little bit calmer, I'll use some of those recipes that we did then. But. Um, the community and, and the joy of what we experienced together was just so beautiful. God met us and we journeyed through so much together in that time. It was really beautiful. I love it. Okay, Rebecca, what are you reading these days? Well, I'm always reading Christian fiction because I feel like, I mean, I just love, like my imagination, I think, just enjoys that, that's kind of a little mini luxury at the end of the day to mm-hmm. me is to read Christian fiction. But there's that, um, that's kind of a constant. But, and I'm often in the middle of some kind of teaching book as well. Yeah. Um, but I, the one that has actually really been a, um, just sewing into me lately, this kind of book series, a devotional book series is by Shanti Feldhahn. And she has these different devotional books on I think rest joy and there's another one I think it's peace and Mm. every day I'm reading this devotional book it's for women um and it's beautiful uh leather bound uh, devotional book but it is just bringing so much encouragement like she she brings in she's an amazing writer but she she brings in story to every single one of these daily topics on on rest that is just ministering to me and challenging me. And I'm like tearing up with this devotional book. Mm. Um, and so I'm just thankful for, I'm just thankful for people who are in this sweet spot of calling, like Shanti, who's a friend of mine too. Um, had her on my podcast as well. And, but she just is, is breathing life into me every day through these stories and this truth and, and the word of God that she is just beautifully weaving in. And so I'm very thankful for that. I love that so much. Well, Rebecca, I'm very, I'm very grateful and thankful that you spent some time with us today. Um, Me too. What an encouragement for those just maybe walking through that that dry winter season. Mm. Um, I think it's just you have just encouraged us so well with looking forward to that. And so, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me, Jamie. You guys, I loved chatting with Rebecca, and we have a treat for you. We have her song from her new album, Kingdom Come, for you to listen to right now. Um, Enjoy it now when you're listening to the podcast and walking or cleaning or whatever you're doing. And then go wherever you listen to music and find the song. You can download it wherever you listen to music. It is available every single place.
hearts when kneeling down. No other name, no other way. Oh, hear us as we pray. Right here, right now, where we should out. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.